0: Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland. And today's episode is a little bit different. It's part one of the highlights from our meetup on podcasting technology featuring Mac Mail, Adam Rosenhart, and Scott Winder. There was so much good stuff there that we're going to split it in two, so the rest will come next week, but this part will uh, be really fun for helping you get your feet wet if you're interested in getting into podcasting or if you want to get a little bit better at it. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Style Ivy, the new online course that teaches you how to take ownership of your style, and you'll hear more about that from Style Ivy's founder, Lizina McKenzie, later in the show. Now, let's travel back in time to November at Variant Edition and soak up some insights from Mac, Adam, Scott, and some generous audience members on how to make our podcasts and how to make them sound better. Variant Edition said on Twitter that we're about to begin, so let us begin.
1: My <laughs> bad. No,
0: it's good. It's perfectly good. My name is Karen Unland and today... At our meetup, we're going to discuss podcasting technology. Um, on the far end there is Mac Mail. He is one of Edmonton's earliest experimenters in podcasting and the mind behind, man behind and the mind behind uh, Master Mac and Cher Edmonton. Beside him is Adam Rosenhart, who's half of the team that brought us the Unknown Studio podcast and is the founder and co-host of the Expats and has other things underway, which we'll just, I don't know if he's going to tell us about those or not. And right beside me is Scott Francis Winder. Winder?
2: Winder. You're the first person ever to get it right. Really? Everybody says Winder. I'm so used to, I don't even anymore. My bookkeeper of like ten years calls me Winder. Wow. <laughs>
0: I think I must have internalized it from hearing you say your yeah. name on your own podcast. So yes. it, that's a good way if you have a hard name, have a podcast and then people will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's
3: really complicated.
0: Bra- way. Brand- brand- so brand- say brand- your name, brand- <laughs> Personal
3: brand, brand-, brand- building <laughs> I just like that as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like ten minutes. This is how you pronounce my
0: name.
3: <laughs> That's a good idea. There's only one episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Lots of downloads, though.
3: Yeah. Sponsorship <laughs> <It's full laughs> rolling
0: in. Scott here is a digital strategist, and he he recently started a podcast called Hacked, and it's been getting some well deserved attention. Thank so you. Thanks, guys, for coming. Thanks for so having us. So yeah. let us start with how and why you first got into podcasts and I'll start with Mac because you're the you're the dean, I would say.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started a podcast in. I think it was early 2004, and it was called Blogosphere Radio, and it was uh, just my friends and I thought it'd be cool to, you know, record some audio and post it on the internet. And uh, at the time, blogging was still like the thing that everybody talked about, right? And uh, we did uh, news about the blogosphere, news about the blogging world. Uh, we did some interviews and stuff too. So we, you know, one of the most memorable ones was uh, this guy Jeremy Wright. We interviewed. He was the first person ever to try to sell his blog, and he did it on eBay. Uh, I don't remember how much money he got for it, but you know, we thought that was kind of an interesting story. So we started uh, just recording some audio, you know, anywhere, and we started learning about the technology we needed, and you know, buying hardware and buying beer and like all of <laughs> having a drink and recording some audio. Yeah,
0: excellent. And we'll get into how hard it was then right. compared to how it was now. Mm-hmm. But Adam, how how and why did you start?
4: Uh, I started
5: because I. Th- thought that everyone needed to hear what I had to say
4: <laughs> I,
5: I still think that's true uh, but um, actually my uh, unknown studio partner Scott and I met at the gateway at the U of A I was one of the editors there and he was a, a cartoonist and we sort of we weren't. I wouldn't say that we were friends we just sort of knew each other back then and then we ran into each other a couple of years later at a tweet up started talking about what he was doing and what I was doing and he was working and still works actually at 630 Ched and I was like, huh, you work, you work in a recording studio effectively, don't you? I, I think it would be really interesting to start a podcast. And now suddenly I really want to do it with you, Scott, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you have the means of production. <laughs> and uh, I mean, obviously, we're <coughs> friends who get you. along, and so uh, we've been doing that for seven years. Uh, and then this past spring I started a podcast called The Expats, which is a show that interviews Canadians living abroad about their experiences. And uh, I'm 14 episodes in, and only about three people explicitly stated that they miss bacon. (laughs)
0: Only
2: three. I was expecting that number to be higher.
0: (laughs) Okay, and Scott, how'd you start and
2: why? Yeah, so we we were actually sitting around looking for ideas for a a video concept because we're kind of a creative agency that makes multimedia stuff. And we were sitting around talking about concepts for... For doing a doc on something or a short film on something, and we just kind of started riffing about security. And I've got a pretty intensive cybersecurity background, and and I, you know, Jordan, my other co-host, started like asking me questions, and like we started rolling. And he was just like, "This should be a podcast." Like he just kept asking me things, and I would answer them, and then he would like, "So what you're saying is this?" And you know, we just kind of got this rhythm, and he was like, "We should just do this as a podcast." So we wrote it on our sticky note and put it on our wall of dead ideas, which we have in our <laughs> office, which is where we put all of our great ideas that we never do. <laughs> and then one day we took it off and put it on the other wall of ideas that we completed after we recorded our first episode. So yeah, so that's kind of the background.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And it does have that sort of um, Radio Lab vibe of, I'm so curious about this. Explain yeah. it to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we, when we, we sat down to concept it, we really wanted to do something... Because cybersecurity, you know, 20 years ago was this nerdy group of people that you know sat in dark cafes and kind of this weird subculture on like black chat rooms on the internet. And now today, it's kind of like you know we've got Mr. Robot and there's all these TV shows that are like, oh wow, this is so pop (laughs) culture. So we try to kind of walk this line where it's kind of reality meets pop culture. So we're still trying to you know hit that formula and figure out exactly where we want to go, but we're trying to stay out of the deep tech like we don't want to be like there's a lot of cybersecurity podcasts that i listen to that are like real tech and we're trying to kind of be more of the storytelling radio lab vibe yeah so thanks
0: okay so um mac when you started uh it was really hard and you have done podcasts since it was a little bit more accessible to the likes of me so tell us how much
4: harder it was when you started than it is now. Oh, it was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I took all the pain for Thank uh, you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> without your contribution. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, I mean, it was difficult, right? You have to remember in 2004, you know, Twitter was still two years away. Facebook had only just started. Uh, WordPress had only just launched, maybe six months before. Uh, so just even setting up a website was more difficult then than it is now. And then you add on top of that, uh, you know, the the difficulty you've got to learn. I'm sure all of you have started to learn about the audio hardware part of it, right? So there was the web technology piece like, how do I build a website, put an audio file on it, figure out this, you know, geeky sort of still evolving thing called RSS? How do I then make that speak uh, whatever language iTunes wants to speak? Mm -hmm. uh, And how do I do that on a regular basis, right? It was difficult, there weren't automated tools to do it. Um, these days it's a little easier because you know, anybody can go and set up a WordPress website, there's plugins for, for podcasting on WordPress, there's other services if you're willing to, to spend a bit of money that you can, you can use, but you know, I started doing a podcast again a couple of years ago now uh, called Mac and Cheese with uh, Graham Hicks, local commentator in Edmonton, and I was surprised actually, you know, given that it was you know, eight years since we had started, that the tools weren't even easier Like, I was still surprised at how much manual effort goes into creating a podcast, you know, even 10 years after the the first ones really started to come around.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about the ebb and flow of podcasting as the next big thing towards the end. Um, Scott, what's your setup for doing a recording?
2: Well, that's a complicated question. Um, (laughs) Well, we've got a full studio in the office, which gives us, like, we've got a dry room. So we kind of... I don't know. Uh, Like, you want me to walk the whole chain back? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, so one of my biggest pet peeves right now is that Jordan and I use separate mics, which gives us two very different distincts. Like Jordan uses a a Shure SM7B, which is like a dynamic kind of broadcast quality mic, which has a built-in pop filter for him. Or I use uh, a Neumann U47 clone, which is like a really hi-fi tube mic. So if you ever listen to my voice. It'll sound way more crystally in my nasals, like it gives me a lot more high end, and it, it almost makes us seem like we come in from two different places, which is one of my pet peeves when I edit it. So we're actually changing that. So there'll be two of us on the same mic this time, um, but we do have separate mics. So we go from our mics into we go straight into our sound card. So we've got uh, Universal Audio Apollo Technology, which is like really fancy, expensive. You guys probably don't need it. We just use it for editing, uh, sound cards. And then we actually go through API channel strips. So we actually go into a channel strip, which starts with essentially a gate. So we have a noise gate, which prevents a lot of bad... Sorry, I might be getting too technical. And if I am, please tell me. But essentially, anytime that the person stops talking, the mic will cut. So the signal goes down. So there isn't a lot of crosstalk between the two mics. And then from the gate, we go into EQ. And I've edited Jordan's voice a lot. So I know he actually has... Uh, like a really deep, and if you've ever listened to our podcast, he's got this like creamy, smooth voice, but it's got a lot of low end. So we chop two to four decibels right out of his low end, like right away on the way in, uh, and then we'll boost him in in the high mids a bit, and we'll take out a bit of the top end for me just to reduce this clarity of nasality that I have. <laughs> and then uh, then we go straight into compression. So we do inbound compression. So and this is, I guess, you know, one of the things. Uh, That if I could recommend everybody, if you don't understand compression, spend some time and understand it because the difference between like decent audio and great audio is a better understanding of like normalization and compression. So, um, yeah, and then we go in and then we edit.
0: Okay, we'll do editing in a second. We're just on recording. Okay. So now I will say if you have not started a podcast yet, you don't have to do all that. No. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are doing one, don't just say, I'm done, right? I can't do that. Um, you are going for a particular sound that is very highly produced.
2: Yeah, very much so. We're going for, for pro, pro, pro. Yeah. And so yeah. we spend a lot of time to make sure that, like, right when it comes down to uh, our trial episodes, so when we cut betas of them, like, we have four sets of monitors in our in our editing studio, mm-hmm. so we'll listen to it in four different ways, and then I'll listen to it in my car. And it's all about, like, uh, I, yeah, I We listen to it through uh, iPad speakers, laptop speakers, iPhone speakers, and it's just to make sure that you haven't missed anything in the editing process and that we do go to great depths, but that is what we do.
0: We'll get back to Scott, Adam, and Mac, but first, a word from our sponsor, Style Ivy. Here's my conversation with Lizina McKenzie. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Style Ivy, which teaches you how to take ownership of your style. I'm talking today to Style Ivy founder, Lizina McKenzie.
1: What does Style Ivy do? Style Ivy is an online platform that teaches women how to build their own personal style. And it does it in an online platform, so you don't need me personally there one-on-one. So it's like e-learning, but it's about style instead of
0: how to code or whatever else I might learn on yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. So it's in the soft skills space, just like all sorts of other professional development e-learning. But it's in a very specific space that talks about you, your personal style, your presence, and really understanding, in one aspect, understanding your personal brand. People who don't consider themselves
0: stylish, like me, we might have gone through our lives thinking, that's not important. Why is that important? So why should I spend time on that?
1: Style is a skill. We all know how to put our clothes on. So, you know, we learn that. That's a skill we learn when we're a little kid. But understanding how to utilize image in a powerful way is something that we don't really think about very often, and don't think about what that can lead to career-wise or personally for us. So there's a huge amount of value in understanding that for yourself, and putting forward in a real, authentic way who you are and what you're about through dress. There's a level of confidence that comes out personally for you when you put yourself forward in the best way possible for you. Sounds pretty cliche. When you look really great, you feel really great, but it's true. I have the the notes, the letters, the emails that I get from clients prove that it's true. And, of course, there's lots of research behind this, too. So how can people sign up? You'd go to StyleIvy.com. There's a tab that says Courses. And right now, of course, the only course that we have available is called Style Foundations. And then there's a Sign Up button. So you just go to that button, click. Pay and you're on the inside. Thanks for coming to chat with me today, Lizina. Thank you for having me.
0: She'll be back in a future episode to talk about how she helps style noobs like me learn how to dress ourselves. Style Ivy Style Foundations course begins January 12th. Visit styleivy.com to sign up. That's S T Y L E I V Y.com. So it's interesting when you say that you considered a problem that you and your co-host are on different mics and different kinds of mics, um, but you're on different mics anyway, so they're coming through two different channels when you're editing. Correct, yeah. Now, I have a guy who helps me edit, and he prefers it much more when I do that, when I have my voice on one channel and the other person's choice on the other channel, so that he can fix it. Is that true? That's that's what you would prefer prefer instead Mm -hmm. of pre-mixed, which happens...
2: In some setups, right? The uh, so like if just to ramble. Um, like I'm an audio engineer too, and like the first, the rule of thumb is from the voice to the to the computer is where you invest. So you know if you've from the voice out, the room matters because the room will distort the sound of the voice more than anything else will. So that's your biggest first roadblock is if you can get a dry room and there's really cheap ways to do that with like shipping blankets and carpets and other ways to do it and then it goes into your microphone so if you can afford it or if you have the ability if you have multiple people speaking multiple mics is a thing because then you get a real close dynamic up on the mic instead of having all of the room like with something like an omni like this with all of us sitting around it it's picking up every reflection off of every surface in this room and going into that mic which makes it a job for an audio editor really, really tough. Okay.
0: Sorry. Thank you. That's That's (laughs) what I called you here for. Nerd out all the way. Um, Adam, tell us, because all of your guests on the expats are by definition in another country, right? So... What, how do you
5: get? How do you capture the the sound? Now? I've used um, so I used this mixing board, which has these outs into a USB converter that I plug into my laptop, and then I can control with a few buttons and volume dials and stuff. Uh, the quality of the sound of their voice. Um, I ask all of them to you if they're, for some reason, I think most expats use Mac computers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I ask them to use Apple earbuds with the, the, the earbuds that come with your iPhone with a microphone on it to talk to me uh, because that actually picks up their voice really well and it does cut the noise around them. So, like, I interviewed a woman in Portugal and her dog was in the room with her, but I couldn't hear like, the dog scratching itself or looking itself or anything like that. So um, as much as possible, i try and get them to use a mic and earbuds so they can hear themselves, too. And, uh, and so they can hear me without any, um, you know, of the sound coming out of their computer, bouncing back into the microphone. And then I just either talk to them through um, Skype, uh, Google Hangouts, or uh, FaceTime, FaceTime right. audio. And it usually sounds really good. I record it from home. So I did have to ask Shaw to give me a better internet package so that I wouldn't get any bumps in the stream. But I, I still sometimes get like where someone will say a word and it'll cut the word and then it's about a second of, not a second, probably like half a second of space and then the rest of the word. Right. So the biggest problem is bringing those pieces together in post so uh, that it sounds like a complete word. Right. But um, I haven't had no trouble with the sound quality. In fact people who've emailed me about the show have said that particularly that's one of the things that they find so good about it, is yeah. that it, is, it does sound good.
3: Yeah. Skype also does some like audio compression and noise gate stuff themselves, and so that's when you get like these weird kind of things, and yeah. so that's when you do like Double Ender podcasts, if you want to do that, and have your guest record on the other end. Mm-hmm. But I experimented something you could try. Um, I mean, we're in a comic book store, so I'm sure there's some gamers, but... Uh, gamers, like PC gamers, use Mumble as a server so that you can communicate with each other as you play your game. And I fell in love with it, but my co-host was like, I don't know about this, Um, but it has low, low, low latency because it uses different audio codecs. So it's like that, sort of sometimes when you're on Skype and it's a bad connection, you have that walkie-talkie feeling, like I can't talk over you. And there's like none of that in Mumble. Hmm. And the other thing for some people starting up is uh, Mumble I felt was kind of interesting because um, not only the low latency thing, but your hardware investment is like a microphone because Mumble allows you to record separate tracks.
5: Oh cool. Wow. So
3: I was like, wow, this is great. It's open source. So when you open it up, the icons look like they're from nineteen ninety-six and <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit crazy on the setup because of all this audio stuff. So you have to go through this thing. So as far as that's the point that kind of turned us off is getting a guest to do this like download this software yeah. and do this <laughs> setup of the yeah. audio and then record with us. So that's kind of where we stopped and I read in some Reddit groups that people who use Mumble regularly, um, if you do like a longer show, you get into like an hour and a half or something, whatever audio codec it's using can get a little bit wonky and so things get out of sync. <laughs> so that's yeah. a big problem with yeah. that. Isn't it? <laughs>
4: yeah. I've been looking at a lot of new platforms and Blab is one that I came across. And yeah. I'm wondering if Blab is possible to be used for podcasting um, because you you do the Blab session. It sounds like it's pretty good quality as long as everybody knows to use a headset even if it's just your earbuds and whatever and when it's over they send you the audio and and um mp3 mp4 um, recordings so i'm just like i'm very anxious to find out more about that does anybody here know anything about wow
3: there's a i can't remember his name but there was a blabber who is a huge like WordPress person, and he developed a plugin too. So when you get that audio, you can oh just really, pipe it right into your WordPress. Yeah. I mean, the interesting okay. thing about blab, if yeah. you've never tried it, is that you can do like a show, and it is video. Um, But, yeah, it sounds like you can get the audio. But the interesting thing about Blab is you can also have up to four people talking. So you could interact with, like, your fan base. So, yeah, yeah, you can, as the host of a Blab, you can say, okay, I see so-and-so in the chat room wants to say something, and you can bring them on to ask their question." Wow. So Mm -hmm. it's really
0: So Phil was a guest on a Blab that Top Draw did, partly to experiment, but partly just to share your wisdom with us Phil Um, as a so as a guest was it easy to use for you Uh, yeah
3: it was it was fairly simple I mean I didn't get what they were talking about at first because I'd never heard about it before they sent me the message about it so of course I am going I gotta learn something else another piece of technology but it was really simple once you get logged on uh, I didn't find anything complicated about it and then yeah they, they posted the whole audio on their website afterwards so you can go back and listen to it which is nice yeah um one thing that I found with it is none of us were paying any attention down the side where people were writing. You were writing stuff in there yeah. and afterwards we're like, oh, look at all that stuff I missed. That probably could <laughs> answer some of those questions. <laughs> but no, it was, it was a good platform. It was interesting.
5: There's another one that I've used for live broadcasting of audio called Mixler. Yeah. And, and you can get people... You can, I don't think you can bring them in to talk, but you can. they can ask questions and, and it saves the audio and posts it for you too.
0: And then... On the unknown studio, sometimes you guys are in a room with that bigger mixer yeah. and, and on two different mics. But sometimes you're at live shows too. So is there anything different about what you do there? Say when you go to Pure Spec or something like it's a similar. It's setup it's actually
5: exactly the same. We haul this thing around, which is, I mean, for a mixing board, it's not that heavy. This thing was about I was telling Scott 280 bucks at Long and McQuaid. It wasn't that expensive. And the reason that I want that I wanted this one. Is because I can control more of the the highs and lows that Scott was talking about with this with this particular mixer, and I can plug more people into it. Right. Plus, it's a sound card, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it plugs right into my computer. It's it's fantastic. So, we just haul this and all of our equipment around. And you're right. I mean, the room does make a difference for sure. Right. Um, so when we recorded when we recorded at PureSpec, it was it sounded slightly different, but um, hopefully it didn't turn too many people off the show yeah and if it did the show ends in (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) Um,
0: so just for especially for those of you who haven't done podcasting yet you don't even need this to start Um, so I record my podcast in lots of different places but one of them is the makerspace at the Edmonton Public Library where they have two quiet rooms and um mic up, and you can record through the mics straight into audacity which is what i do on the the mac in there and then take your audio home and it is good enough and there is certainly there's a whole range of quality in podcasting um but there is a higher tolerance for good enough i would say than for radio for example mm-hmm. so although that might be changing Thanks for joining us for part one of the podcast technology meetup. Part two will be up on January 11th. And the next meetup happens in real life on January 24th at variant edition. Details are on the meetup page. Search for Edmonton podcasting meetup and you'll find it. I'm making some changes to the Seen and Heard in Edmonton schedule this year. From now on, the podcast will come out every Monday. The roundup of local blogs will come out on Tuesdays. The roundup of local podcasts will come out on Wednesdays. And the newsletter will come out on Thursdays. You'll find all of that at seenandheardyeg.com. I'll be back in a week. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening.